0: opportunity to talk with Olivia Reed over Zoom video. Olivia was raised just outside of Sacramento, California, kind of between Sacramento and Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. She talks about how she got into music. She wrote her first song around six years old, a song for her dad. She talked about performing it at a talent show in Hilton Head, South Carolina, getting her guitar at eight years old, She ended up attending Clyde Davis Institute at NYU on a full ride scholarship. She talks to us about that. Recording some top lines for some EDM artists to producing, recording, and releasing her brand new EP. You can watch our interview with Olivia Reed on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringin' It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringin' Back Pod.
1: We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with Olivia Reed.
1: Thanks for doing this. I'm super excited.
0: Oh, thank you for being here. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Um, Are we, are we rolling already?
0: <laughs> We're always rolling. <laughs> All
1: right, cool. I'm just going to turn my air conditioning off because cool. New York, New York apartment living is not graceful. Oh, <laughs> right <that>. on. <laughs>
0: Are you originally from New York?
1: Uh, I'm not. No, I'm from outside of uh, Sacramento in California.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. I'm from S- yeah. Southern California, San Diego, but I just moved, my family and I just moved to Nashville. So
1: oh, amazing! took the trek you like to the it?
0: East coast. We love it. We love it. It's amazing. What
1: area are you in?
0: Uh, south of Franklin. Just south of Franklin.
1: Oh, cool. Very nice.
0: Yeah. yeah we we dig it. We dig it a lot. So uh, born and raised in uh, just outside Sacramento. Is that what you said?
1: Uh, I was born actually in Peoria in Illinois, but my parents oh, wow. moved from the Midwest. My parents are, kind of grew up in the Midwest um, and went to school at, in Indiana um, and then moved out to California when I was tiny. So pretty much born and raised. I don't remember anything about Illinois.
0: Okay. what yeah. Do you remember how old you were when you moved to California? Like an infant? Like less
1: than two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like a tiny, <laughs> tiny, you know?
0: <laughs> what was it like growing up? Uh, outside? We're in, outside of Sacramento, if you don't mind me asking.
1: Uh, It's called El Dorado Hills. So it's like in between Sacramento and Tahoe. We're like smack in the middle in the hills on the way up to the mountains.
0: Oh, wow. What was it like growing up there?
1: Yeah, Um, it was quiet. I mean, definitely small town, definitely like um, just a lot of like beauty, like natural beauty nearby. Mm -hmm. The hills are beautiful. Um, And, you know, it was definitely like a great neighborhood and place to grow up and everything. But we spent a lot of time going to just like going up to Tahoe or out to San Francisco and, Sacramento is definitely quiet as a as a downtown area it's pretty uh it's pretty chill it's growing now so yeah it was it was uh pretty calm <laughs> is how I would describe it
0: sure wow did you go up to Tahoe a lot I love Tahoe it's beautiful yeah
1: there. I mean I was just like I was outside all the time so I think the the pole to Tahoe is like that's one of like the most beautiful areas in the world and beautiful mm-hmm. lakes in the world so would always go up there um, as soon as I had the opportunity to, I was up there.
0: Very cool. And how, how did you get into music?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was like one of those kids that was just mumbling all the time, like singing things all the time. Um, definitely just like absorbed music all the time. My parents, my grandparents uh, were big, just music heads from all different genres. So I think that was a huge influence. And then I just started like writing little songs um, when I was really young my first song I wrote for my dad for father's day, it was called Daddy's song. And it was just like something like super tiny and oh, like, wow. uh, you know, very wholesome, not, not great songwriting, but the craft was there.
0: <laughs> sure. That probably uh, brought tears to his eyes. I would imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, <laughs> I mean, he talks about it all the time. Cause there was like this little, uh, talent show thing in like town square when I was visiting my grandparents and they were like, does anyone have like a talent they want to share? And I like dragged him up on stage and like sing it.
0: uh, Wow.
1: Talent show thing. So definitely good memories there. Where was that?
0: That was in Uh, Illinois?
1: It was, it was actually in Hilton Head. So my grandparents, I have a really small family um, and was super close to my grandparents. My sister and I are the only grandkids, but uh, my grandparents are on my mom's side are in Montana. My grandparents on my dad's side are out in Virginia. So we spent a lot of time kind of on both like the mountain area and mm-hmm. uh, over uh, in Virginia and down to the the South, like in South Carolina. Okay. So, yeah, I like yeah. Hilton
0: Head and my family used to... I have family in Cleveland, and that would be where they would want to go. Like if we came out to Cleveland, they'd yeah. be like, "Let's go!" You know, their vacation town was Hilton Head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Big family vibes, you know. That totally, I like area. that. Yeah, yeah. The and water's like performer. ninety-five
0: degrees in the ocean; it's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Northern California is not that way, so it was nice to like visit the south and like sure. actually get in the ocean. Whereas, if I would go surfing like in Santa Cruz, it was like. 50 or, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. or cry <laughs> right right even san diego was like that for the most part it was yeah. if you didn't go during the summer even in the summer it was cold people would wear like the little spring suits but yeah yeah, it, yeah. going out to south carolina you get in the water it's like bathtub so so different
1: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. um yeah, but that was that was fun. There's like I, I hope he's still there. I actually sent him a message a while ago. I can't think of his name right now, but there was a guy that always did these like children's songs uh performances in that little like town square in Hilton Head. And uh I think he's still doing it, but it was wow. such like I emailed him a while ago. It's like, hey, I'm in music now. Like, thanks for your inspiration.
0: That's cool. Uh
1: yeah, really cute.
0: That is so cool. So that was your first show, technically.
1: sure yeah
0: okay what was (laughs) what was the first instrument you learned how to play
1: um I learned how to play guitar I got started when I was like eight my grandparents kind of funded my guitar lessons uh which is really nice um that is cool and I had this really cool guitar teacher his name's Cameron Carberry um and he played like 10 different instruments and really was like interested in jazz and classical and so he just took a really different approach to teaching me guitar which i like still very much appreciate um cuz he like you know i came in with like a you know a taylor swift guitar book or something and mm-hmm. he's like just open it up you know how to play it already and like you know we we played through a couple songs he's like all right we're done with that and then he would just like move on to like some classical piece or something and it was wow uh very cool i i really like uh i was i kind of went there once a week for my like music of the week so i really like appreciate his role in my music career.
0: It's like, it makes such a difference if the teacher's cool. Like I, my son just got into guitar and yeah. I took him yesterday and he came out of the lesson and he's like, Oh, I learned how to play. My name is Jonas by Weezer. And I'm like, that's so rad. Like <laughs> instead of just coming back and be like, yeah, he taught me the scale. <laughs> like
1: Yeah.
0: They're, he's teaching him songs and uh, it sounds like you had a similar experience.
1: Yeah. And you know, he was like, in rock bands and like playing like sturgis like you know like the big motorcycle shows and mm-hmm. like would just roll up on his motorcycle with two guitars and i was like i want to be like him you know so <laughs> i think that was like uh really cool for me just growing up kind of having like someone in my life that I was like oh they're like doing it you know they're doing sure. the thing which is wow inspiring
0: so you did the guitar and you're yeah. writing songs wrote the song for your dad that early yeah. on how old were you when you did that talent show do you remember
1: i was six.
0: I oh, so this is pre-guitar
1: yeah i actually was like writing songs uh before i started playing guitar and then i wanted to like learn how to play an instrument to um you know add to that and was really mm-hmm. like you know uh interested early on in that but i think what's funny to look back on now is like even like daddy's song which was I was like six, I still like wrote down the lyrics as like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. I was like, oh, that's really interesting that I was like observing those like patterns early Mm -hmm. on. And I think that's always been something cool to me. It's just like finding the patterns and things I think was what I was interested in as a kid. So that led me to guitar, which led to like production and all that kind of stuff is just like building out those patterns.
0: Mm -hmm. You attended Clive Davis Institute?
1: I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, in between, like, I definitely just did a million other extracurriculars and that in everything,
0: but Um, between then you like in high school or even middle school, I mean, eight, you're mm -hmm. still in elementary school at this point, like Mm -hmm. were you just continued writing songs or were you in a band or anything like that? Or did you join the school band? Like what was your musical career? Like in between attending college?
1: Yeah. I mean, I never did choir. I never did theater. I was never in a band. I think it was just a very solitary experience for me as far mm-hmm. as like, um, you know, writing songs is what I would do. At like, you know, midnight after I got back from, you know, uh, volleyball practice and training. And then I got back and then I was just like thinking about something and finish my math homework and then would like write a song. And so I think that was always just like, a an outlet for me. And then in mm-hmm. high school, um, there was this club, like my sister's a couple years older than me and she and her friends as a senior in high school were starting this club called art media. Um, and they were doing music, they were doing videos, they were doing photos. And I was kind of like the freshman, younger sister that like tagged along in that and was just around it all the time. And the art teacher at school, his name's, uh, Kevin Balzer, but he's, he's still there, I think too. But he, uh, was also interested in music, played some instruments and like, was actually ended up being the one that taught me how to like use logic on my computer oh, wow. to, to record. And that was really special too. Cause I just think at the time there just was no outlet, I guess for people that wanted to do music, but didn't want to like be in band necessarily, or felt like, I always felt just like very like, you know, like the, the group experience of music wasn't how I like ended up, um, you know, it was, wasn't my process at the time. Mm -hmm. And now, and like, I played with a band for the first time when I went to, when I moved to New York and I like cried, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is why people do this. You know, I was just so nervous to like play my own music with and ask other people to play my own music. You know, Mm -hmm. I think was, was definitely a hurdle for me.
0: Did you gain that confidence at school? And do you remember, you know, like a hurdle you went over to got, to get to that point?
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think what that like in between time was. I think like even all the way up until I applied for school, I, you know, I applied for music. I applied for film. I applied for biomedical engineering. So I was like all the way up through like I just applied to like a couple of my top schools for all the things and like literally waited until you know, until I had to decide to be like, all right, what path am I going to go down? Because I was interested in so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, but music was always like, it was the anchor. It was the thing that even if I tried something else or I like was really interested in like math and science or whatever. But I think what was cool about going to the Clive Davis Institute is that uh, they allow you to do production. They allow you to do audio engineering. They allow you to do business and you know songwriting and be an artist and that was like interesting to me and I ended up getting a a full scholarship to go there that like just made the decision a lot easier yeah
0: I'd say (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) I was like hmm student debt or (laughs) yeah um so that was like just huge I think it was huge for my confidence as well to be like here are people that have probably just like amazing, amazing applicants and my classmates at the time where I was just like, Whoa, you guys are, you guys are so cool. You know, just like kind of like always being in this stage of like, awe because I wasn't really around music in the like, or understood the music, like quote industry even mm-hmm. existed. Um, so that kind of gave me a new confidence. And in, in fact, in like, in terms of going and being like, all right, I got in here. This is I, you know, I made it here. So there must be something to it, I think was a real turning point for me.
0: Sure. Wow. What a validating moment to get a full scholarship to that, especially that school. I mean, wow. Did you have to, I mean, how did you land the scholarship and how did you get into the school? Was there like an audition process?
1: Yeah. Um, the scholarship, I've always thought about that. And I know it was donated by someone. So like, if y'all mm-hmm. listen to this and you donated my scholarship, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll pay it back one day. I'm, I'll, I'll do it, you know, pay it forward. But I think um, I'm sure it came from a little bit just like the, the breadth probably of other things that I did, like any college or like what extracurriculars did you did? Like, what are your AP scores? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I was doing all that kind of stuff as well. Um, not
0: just music ex- yeah. uh, as far as extracurriculars what were you, you said volleyball but are there other things you're involved yeah. with
1: yeah i mean i was playing really competitive volleyball um and like loved my team they were family and i was like traveling a lot with with the volleyball team and then competitive soccer and i was doing like crossfit for a while i did taekwondo for a while i did oh, wow. just, like, you were really involved everything <laughs> i was doing yeah, yeah i was all over the place i just had That's a lot rad. of energy i was like let's do it. And then I did like the art media thing, like that club that I, you know, was in with my sister Mm -hmm. at the time. And then, you know, once all those seniors graduated, I kind of, I became like the president of that club and just like did a a lot of like, that's where I was really inspired to like, I was doing little like script writing and little like videos and testing out directing. And yeah, I definitely just like, I just love learning and that means like there's always something new that I'm like, Oh, let's try that. Yeah. That'd be Mm -hmm. interesting. So I think, I don't, I don't know if that's part of it, but in terms of like other people too, or like, what do you think led to the scholarship? I don't know if that's like, you know, NYU is a huge academic school. So I'm Mm -hmm. sure they looked at that and that process is like so many essays and so many, like, is it really? Yeah. Like the common application, uh, which I'm sure you know, a lot of people who apply for school was like, oh, the common app. And uh, there was like audition videos, but I just submitted like a, a video of me playing a couple songs that I had written live. And it's just me and the guitar. And that was kind of the main audition process. Um, and then I had made a little music video for one of my songs at the time. And I had like directed it and edited it together. And um, I'm sure going into Clive, I've just always appreciated the the concept that people can be multidimensional, you know, Mm -hmm. and aren't just one thing. So I, I, you know, would hope that maybe that's kind of what, you know, sparked the,
0: Sure. I mean to have process. Yeah, you had a bunch of your hands in a bunch of different things. It wasn't like I could play guitar really well and here is me playing guitar really well. It's like you had a sure. lot of other things and going on. And I can't on. play
1: guitar really well. So <laughs> I think that's like the other part too. It definitely wasn't like, oh, that C chords like really fresh like
2: you know.
1: So uh <laughs> yeah, but I I don't know. I I still just like it was one of those moments where you're just like I can't imagine it being any different and I'm so grateful for it. So I just, even once I got there, I just was like absorbing everything. I was in the studios all the time. I went to office hours all the time, like learned so much from my peers. And I think that just like coming into it with this idea that it was like a gift that I had like worked for, I think was um, just really shaped the rest of the experience.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, uh, is your sister in this, in a similar industry? I mean, starting that club and- you know, arts and, and media yeah. and everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's, she's a badass in her, in her world. She is working for like a, a marketing agency. She does digital oh. marketing is like runs like creative stuff in and out all day long. And oh, is, that's cool. You know, working for some big clients like Venus and gray goose and Yves St. Laurent beauty and like that kind of stuff. So okay. gosh, uh, we definitely like joke sometimes when we we're younger, we'd do these little like concerts and make my parents pay like 50 cents to come see my concert.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: And she would like sell something at the beginning and be like, I made these stickers and they're up for purchase. And you know, and then she'd be like, and now introducing Olivia Reed. And then I'd like play a song and yeah, very wholesome stuff. <laughs> That's
0: cool. That's really cool. So at uh at Clyde Davis Institute, you start. Is that when you start putting your records together and really branching out as a solo artist?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that was like that was the switch for me. I had in high school, I had um, recorded a couple little top lines at the time. I didn't even know they were called that, but I just like sang on top of a few tracks of some uh, friends at high school who were making electronic music. Mm-hmm. And there was uh, one or two of those songs ended up getting like, you know, over a million plays. And I think that wow. was really yeah, at the time I was like, what the heck? Like I just said yeah. the closet and it like, you know, worked for them. And I think that was cool. Cause I, I was a featured artist and I didn't really know what that meant at the time, but it was nice to like, kind of like ride that wave, but not have to be in the driver's seat. If that makes sense to so like, sure. they were thrown a bunch of like contracts and they had a manager switch and all this stuff. And I was just like, you know the voice and the writer behind the songs and so I think that that was my intro to the industry as far as like Mm -hmm. being a songwriter um and then once I got to school too I just got to like learn what that meant and like learn what you know how to be a songwriter what sessions were how to collaborate with people like how to like understand what the contracts mean and that kind of stuff but musically I just had always been writing these like you know really solitary really like um I guess like things that were just like thinking, always looking inward, I guess, Mm -hmm. kind of songs. So it was really interesting to start to share them with people because I hadn't really done that too much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I spent a lot of time like learning the production side of things because that was something new that I could learn and then just like was obsessed with the idea that I could create a whole world around these songs and like put people in an environment. Um, so that when I shared the music that I had been written, been writing, and had been envisioning all these elements behind it, then suddenly, like someone else could hear that too. And like Mm -hmm. that was really inspiring for me. So definitely over like the next four years, really, I just was always working on things as an artist, but constantly going like, should I be a songwriter? Should I produce for other people? You know, do I need a manager? I think that there's a lot of like I did a little bit of everything, uh, like I always had, but now was all geared towards music. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely took a while for me to like. Sorry, there's a siren. New York, you have the sounds of New York.
0: All good. I like it. Um gives it some grit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was just a process for me to still step into that fact of like, I am an artist, it's going to be my name or like, here's my work and like, uh, see that there was a lot of value in that. I think that's definitely been a journey that I'm sure a lot of artists go through. It was being like, there's so many artists, there's so many beautiful Mm -hmm. people that have so much to say. What do I have to say? Kind of a thing. And, uh, the production element kind of put like a fire, behind me just in the sense of like oh there's like something cool that I can now paint a fuller picture and that's when I started releasing some singles and continued to like feature on other songs when I would write a song and someone would remix it, I want to put it out themselves um, and then just now like coming up this Friday it'll be my debut EP and that's really like the process of pretty much my whole time at the Clive Davis Institute was just like finding out how to connect these songs that were really personal to a production landscape. And that's kind of where I've landed on this very first project.
0: Wow. And you produced the whole album yourself?
1: There are the song Visitor is co-produced mm-hmm. by my friend Jay Luna. And then the song Taking the View is co-produced by my friend Jack LeBose. And then the other four are all me. So wow. it's very like um, that was a big process too.
0: That's huge. And there aren't a whole lot which I find interesting is like there aren't really a lot of credited female producers but like mm-hmm. anyone that has any male that has like garage band can you call himself a producer <laughs> do you I mean yeah. do you feel like I'm sure you you see that every day
1: yeah I mean I think that was even in even some place like in New York City where it's like you know you think everything's so progressive you think so many things are changing I had a really hard time uh trusting myself as an engineer working with all like all my professors teaching it are all male all my Mm -hmm. peers in my classes were mostly male and I think I definitely you know I had this one professor Bob Power who's you know like Tribe Called Quest, D'Angelo like all these amazing artists he worked with early on and he was so straightforward he's like do it yourself and he was like, Olivia, do it yourself. And I was like, all right, I guess I can do it. I was like, I just need to find someone to polish it up. He's like, no, you can do it. And I think that that was good because I think it's that barrier of like, well, I could try to do it, but there's someone who's going to do it better. And unfortunately, the people that have had like a lot of the opportunity to like really, you know, have a mentor to like be in the industry for an extended period of time are mostly men. So I think mm-hmm. that was interesting that it's kind of like, I could, I really found comfort in like my peers who were women or non-binary artists that were, were learning produce. And we were all kind of like, shit, this is hard, but we're going to do it, you know? And I think that was, that was huge. Um, But I think other than that, there's a lot of barriers to be like, that imposter syndrome is so hard to sit in a class full of like, you know, other, you know, male producers and sit and be like, yeah, I am a producer. It took me a long time to say that, even though I was you know, I was fully engineering my work at that time, too, in studio. So I think it just it takes longer to sit in that word and be like, yeah, I guess I am, you know, mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's changing. I, I hope it's changing. There's so many, like, amazing artists that I think in the next coming years will also who are producers now, but maybe don't call themselves that. I think it'll be interesting to see that shift.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see that shift, because like I said, it's just so bizarre to me that. Yeah. Anyone, any male that has like a MacBook, they're like, yeah, I'm a producer. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're really not. <laughs> like, Don't kid yourself. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that's interesting that you brought up imposter syndrome, because I'll even talk to artists this day that are, you know, they've had a lot of success, you know, hit mm-hmm. records and they still yeah. get that. I think that's still something that always kind of lands in like an artist's. You know realm because they're you're you're doing something that's not as tangible as maybe like a marketing person or I don't know, I just feel like mm-hmm. there's something different when it comes to art and it's like you're sharing your yeah. art and then because it's so subjective,
1: yeah, especially I think- now, I think just like technology is changing so like i uh I talked to um these guys that they went to Clive several years ago and are just killing mm. it now they go by take a day trip and I was talking to them about this, and they we're just saying that like the role of the producer has changed so much and what that means has changed so much. They're like, we're therapists, we're instrumentalists, we're arranging, we're engineering. Sometimes we're mixing, like uh, sometimes we're writing. Like it's a lot of producers now are also Mm -hmm. writing, composing, like that kind of thing. So I think it's just like this element of maybe that creates a little bit more freedom than not all producers are going to have like you know, be able to fully produce out of track with samples in three hours. Some producers take, you know, like for me, for example, I make a lot of really rough arrangements. And then I go into the studio with like friends and instrumentalists that I like and ask them to recreate the pieces. And then like, as we're there together, it's like creating with them there. It's like, okay, let's actually do that. Like Tom roll and just like record it on different places with the microphone spaced around in the studio And that was a huge privilege because I would have never been able to have studio time without school. Mm -hmm. So I think school for me was like really a big deal because that kind of production wouldn't have been supported. Um, You know, it's, it's, it just creates like different barriers when you don't have access to equipment or studios. Mm -hmm. But I think that really helped me to like step into the producer role was to have that access.
0: That is nice cuz if you think about it if I rented a studio it comes down to the hour right and if you, yeah. you're like okay I want to bang out three songs but I only have 2 days and <laughs> you know 6 hours a day then you're like really cutting down to the the yeah. second whereas yeah, if you have I some more so. yeah totally if you have time to really hang out and do it then it just creates a whole different sure. environment and it's interesting yeah. with the producers too cuz you, like you said, they have to do a million different things now. It's not just, yeah. okay, I'm going to produce the song. But if you hear certain, the bigger producers nowadays, like you can kind of hear their touch to the record yeah. because you know that they're helping write the songs and arrange it and, and go like, oh, yeah. I think this tone should be like this because it worked on this yeah. record beforehand. And yeah, it's just like, it's definitely changed quite a bit.
1: Yeah. And I think what's what's cool about that is that too, like, I think the reason why I really was inspired also to do it myself was to like, be able to take ideas that were in my head and put them into like a, a tangible form. And that's mm-hmm. something that like, you know, I build so much out just on my computer with a MIDI keyboard. And I think that's something that like, the generation now of like artists that are just starting out and artists I can't imagine like 10 years from now who are just starting out what it'll be like for them but there's so many tools to be able to figure out how to communicate those ideas on your own even if you're working with another producer even if you walk in and you have this like demo with like a flutophone in the background on your MIDI keyboard you can still like get like an amazing saxophone like I on one of my songs I'll just like arrange on like it'll literally be like just the cheesiest like fake saxophone sound and I can send it to my friend and play saxophone and he'll just like slay the same part and I think that that's interesting too is like you can build out those ideas and like I could test out what a saxophone would sound like I can test mm-hmm. out what like a violin will sound like before you know, it, it was just so limited to, um, two studios. And now there's so much you can do on your computer to like communicate to other instrumentalists, other actors. Yeah.
0: And it, like emulate, like you said, you could make a violin sound it's before you hire a violinist to come exactly. in and record on the record. You can be like, well, is this even going to work? Now yeah. it's mess around with it. Okay. I think this sounds cool. Let's get somebody to come in yeah. and actually record it.
1: And it's all trial and error. And I think it gives you a little bit more room when it's all digital Mm-hmm. To make a lot more errors and have maybe the consequences, not be like an hour of studio time, that right? Or for,
0: some so. analog tape that you just wasted, like yeah. a bunch of money, <laughs> exactly. and you're like, well,
1: <laughs> you have like a pile of like vinyls in the back of your corner, like not this one, just like turn right. them back. And,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not that intense anymore, and I think that creates a lot of freedom.
0: Sure, I completely agree. It's even like photography or video editing or anything like oh, that. Yeah. Now you don't have to all the the hard going and like you know developing yeah. the film and you're like oh this turned out shitty like i should have. <laughs> <laughs> now you're to like, go back and take the same picture the whole
1: <laughs> didn't work Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> but i think that's like cool too because there's also this mix of like now you have like a choice like i love using analog sense because it just like narrows down the options it allows mm-hmm. you to like play with something specific and tangible that you can touch same thing with guitars with you know with bringing in like people playing saxophone and live drums and whatever those are very like tangible and it kind of limits you in a way that's freeing like you don't have Mm -hmm. a million different software instruments to choose from sure Um, but it's just like the combination of it that I think is is really great so that's Mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of like a lot of my stuff now is just like a huge combination of that like digital feel and the more like analog organic stuff
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And with this record, you said it was recorded during your stint at the Clive Davis Institute or was it done after?
1: Yeah, no, it was. It was all uh, during my time at school. So I think it's very like a formative EP for me. It was it was almost all done. I graduated over Zoom last year. Oh,
0: really? So, okay. Um, that was my next question. Yeah. Uh, you were doing this over COVID and you were still attending school during when, when COVID happened?
1: Yeah, we were like the first, because we graduated in May 2020. So we were definitely like the class of the pandemic. Um, Oh,
0: man. What was that that like? That must have been rough. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, don't remind me. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's in
1: the back, deep, dark corners of, no, but it was, it was fine. I mean, I think in terms of where situations that you could be in in life for something so tragic to happen and see the world, it was really hard for me to like value music with everything happening in the world. Um, mm-hmm. but I think for me, that difference was like, you know, I had worked really hard to get the showcases to get like the trip to LA, like all these things that Clive usually sets up. I was going to play a radio city for graduation and like oh. all this stuff I had worked towards. And I think what that taught me as well is like throughout my four years, I was kind of really, I used the structure of school to stay really focused on grades on you know getting all the school accolades and I think that was good in a sense of like structure but I think it also like you know everything I'd really worked for those four years was was canceled at um at the end of at the end of that journey and I think that was nice because it was just kind of like a reminder to me to like enjoy the process just as much as what you're looking forward to at the end because I think the like the finish line definitely got like taken away it was like oh you already passed it it was back there it's like oh okay so (laughs) there's not these like big rewards at the end but i think that was like really cool because this ep was like kind of that moment of like it's that same thing of like enjoying the process of making it not necessarily waiting for release day so like i'm super stoked for release day coming up but i think i almost already had my like big celebration of like i made this Mm -hmm. you know and now it's going into another world where it's not really mine anymore it's just kind of like giving it out to anybody who would feel connected with it and it's like second life you know
2: Mm -hmm.
0: with stuff opening up do you feel like you're going to be able to have I don't know maybe you have something planned like a release show or be able to play these songs in front of people yet
1: yeah I did this like really fun rooftop thing with just like some friends and fans of the music put together um an outdoor show and for like 80 people on somebody's roof and it was so much fun and that was like a an amazing like welcome back to that feeling of like also just like realizing that you know a year had passed and i i've I've played a couple like live streams like the relics magazine jazz standard stuff and like Mm -hmm. i think that um those were really magical but i think just being in front of people and seeing everybody had a different favorite song and like some people were like asking to hear a different one and i think that like that was really cool to just see that like Like what I was saying before, like these songs are like they mean something specific to me, but just like seeing what they would mean to different people in the audience and like how everyone connects with it is like that kind of like, all right, it's not mine anymore. It's time to like release them. And Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to do more shows again. I think um, I've been working on a ton of different projects through the pandemic that were not, you know, oriented towards my own career. So just stepping back into that artist role again.
0: That's awesome. And you got other things going on as far as producing for other artists?
1: Um, I'm not doing as much production for other artists and definitely writing with other artists. Oh, I spent right. okay through the pandemic, you know, started working for this nonprofit foundation and just focusing on music education um, and and working with artists around the world, um, you know. I think that was a huge process for me too. I actually ended up working on this series called song start, which will come out next month. Um, And it's songwriting, music business production, and like mental health all oriented to like towards, uh, towards music. And a lot of that was just like of writing this series with um, Ali Tamposi and uh, Tom R. Capellian, who are the co-founders. They kind of came to me and were like, We want to create something that's holistic and that is free to everyone. So that was, has like really been a passion of mine since this time last year was just working on this series to create a free resource for people to get the, get started in music the same way. Like, you know, NYU was kind of that for me, um, figuring out how to, how to bring that to other people without like a masterclass.
0: Like kind of like a yeah. masterclass. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, kind of. And I think where we differ a little bit is that it's very, sh- it's super short form. The vi- there's 10 episodes of video content and 10 episodes of podcast content. Um, mm-hmm. Actually the host of the podcast. So I'm used to being on the other side of, oh, cool. of these
2: conversations.
1: it's <laughs> uh, a little flip the switch there, but um, yeah, it's that's been really inspiring for me to, to just like take all this like experience that I was able to have through school and just say it, you know, help share it in like more human way and talk to all these amazing artists, writers, producers who were out there doing it to like see, um, you know, just like demystify it all and Mm -hmm. like kind of share this information and get it out there. And I think that's like, you know, been a huge project for me this past year. So I'm excited that'll that'll come out in September. Um and just kind of like seeing what that impact is, I think will be really cool to experience.
0: That is awesome. So that's coming out in September and the record's coming out on Friday.
1: Yes. Yeah. Wow. So a lot right of cool stuff happening. Yeah. I've got a cool. couple more podcasts to record and yeah, just like really excited to, to share it with people and see, you know, who it inspires, what songs it expires and that kind of thing.
0: That is awesome. And thank you so much, Olivia, for doing this. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. This is so fun. I,
0: I have one it. more question for you before I let you go. Uh, do yeah. you have any advice for aspiring artists?
1: Mm. Um, I think the one thing I always talk about is like forward motion that sometimes mm-hmm. things won't feel like they are productive to you or useful to you. Or like, you might say yes to so many different things, but I think, um, Every, every opportunity can like move you a step forward and you just might not see where that like end goal is. But I think like saying yes to opportunities and like absorbing things from, from other people has been so beneficial to me to just like be open to what comes my way and feel like it's all moving me in, in the right direction. Um, Yeah. If that makes sense. I think also the other thing that's helped me is like understanding that like, only you can do what you do in terms of like not trying to be someone else necessarily or not trying to like, you know, fit in the lane of another artist has been really cool because I think you kind of realize that like the only thing that I'm absolutely the best at is like being Olivia, <laughs> you know, like no, everyone else is better at me. It's so many different things. So just like understanding like who I am, I think has been really beneficial. Um, and I, I, you know, maybe that's what's behind this event too. <laughs>